The piece of music we're listening to in the background is called After the Darkling Thrush. It is a chamber composition that has recently been adapted for the psychedelic noir audio drama What's the Frequency by James Oliva. Today we will break it down and look at some of the insights into why and how it was made. You're listening to How I Make Music, where behind-the-scenes musicians get to tell their own stories. Every Wednesday we break apart a song, soundtrack, or composition and investigate the insights into how it was made. My name is Kurt Nelson, I'm a composer from New York, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome back to How I Make Music, episode 70, After the Darkling Thrush by me, Kurt Nelson. Thanks for listening in. What's the Frequency is a psychedelic noir taking place in 1940s Los Angeles. It has a classic detective story element to it. An author's disappearance is being investigated, and all radio transmissions in the city are reduced to static except for one show that is constantly interrupted mysteriously by an otherworldly transmission. Every episode is a series of strange, often terrifying vignettes. Again. Featuring many different characters. A man I've never seen before came in talking nonsense. He assaulted my customers. You seem a little hostile, sir. Can I have you calmly walk me through the rest of your story? Think of a David Lynch movie, but on mescaline. So in this recording of After the Darkling Thrush, you will hear eight instruments. Uh, they are a flute, a clarinet, a percussion, piano, violin, uh, two violin actually, viola and cello. I've actually known the show's writer, James Oliva, since uh, we were in junior high school together. Um, a few years ago, I was involved in a conference in Los Angeles where James happened to be living at the time. James and A got together and we renewed our friendship. And a few weeks later, he got in touch with me with this idea of writing music for What's the Frequency? He told me all about his audio drama and showed me some of the scripts, and I was very enthusiastic about the idea. The work was originally written uh, as a chamber uh, piece for performance in New York City. Um, but was then later adapted so that we could use it with the audio drama by James. I was especially influenced by Polish composers from the second half of the 20th century. Witold Lutosławski is a very big influence of mine, and uh, his work, Five Songs, uh, had a big influence on how I think about certain chords and sound masses, large orchestral usages of, of sound and timbres. Let's listen to an example from that piece. I'm also deeply influenced by composers who write in the 12-tone technique. Alban Berg is a great example. His violin concerto is a fantastic lyrical work. Let's have a listen to one example of that. Thank you. 
This episode of How I Make Music is a little different. Normally, we like to break apart the song into its separate stems, but today we're examining a fantastic live recording of a chamber piece uh, which took place in New York in 2015. We don't have the usual access to the separate stems, so instead we're going to take a closer look at the compositional theory of the piece, how some of the decisions were made in the piece. In this particular work, uh, much of what you'll hear is derived from the octatonic scale. An octatonic scale, it's a very symmetrical scale, and in that way, it's very different from what you get with your typical major or minor scale. If you were to just alternate whole steps and half steps, you ultimately get a, an octatonic scale. C, D, E flat, F, F sharp, G sharp, A, and B. That succession of eight notes gives you this whole step, half step pattern. If you pick out any four notes from the scale, you'll find that those four notes have the exact same intervals as the four notes that you've left out. It's that kind of symmetry that I'm using as a way of planning out certain progressions. Sometimes I'm even thinking about the intervals that are not in a certain sound. And I use that, that knowledge to make a kind of plan. The flute solo is a place where this technique is being used, uh, I think, in a very clear way. What I do intend is that the music has a certain quality that is the result of this very consistent way of thinking about the intervals and the various components of the sound. So there's something essential about this music that I, I feel makes it a very good match uh, for what's the frequency, even though this is music that was written beforehand, right, and was only adapted to the drama a little bit later on. After all, this is music which is atonal. And what that basically means is that it doesn't have a consistent key. It doesn't have a consistent tonal center. It specifically avoids a center. It avoids a ground. It avoids having a sense of home. And I, I think that quality in itself really matches what's happening in a drama, like what's the frequency. It's a story in which the fabric of reality seems to be coming apart in every scene. Good night. I remember, as a young man, I was hiking. The footpath was well-worn. Forest was thick and green. I remember walking off the path. I was not worried what lay ahead. What dangers may or may not be. Green. 
But the thing about tonality is that it provides a kind of vivid feeling of stability in many places, right? And we have the overall sense of a ground, a secure home when we're listening to, say, a piece by Mozart or by Haydn or Beethoven or whoever. In an atonal composition, that sense of stability is gone. There's a kind of freedom that occurs in that, too. But to me, it's very much like what's happening in this drama, because we don't know in a given moment really what's real, right? Since this is a story about reality being stripped away, of, of breaking down, of, of deliberately creating the sense of uh, uncertainty about what's real. So all of that really makes atonal music a, a good match for this drama. I use very identifiable motives to sort of bind the entire piece, the entire section together. One example of that is the piano coming in, uh, introducing a, a rhythmic figure. Bum, bum, bum. This tiny little fragment shows up again and again throughout the entire movement. You'll hear it again uh, in the piccolo. Very up high in the register. Here's a kind of flourish that begins with the entire ensemble, working its way up to a moment where suddenly the piano and the vibraphone are sort of ringing out just by themselves. When we move up to that chord that they reach, um, I'm taking the four notes of the octatonic scale uh, in the vibraphone and the missing four notes in the piano, and I'm combining them together in such a way where the overall sound is very carefully structured. A, a, a brilliant instrumental effect, I find. The Darkling Thrush by Thomas Hardy. The original inspiration for After the Darkling Thrush was actually a work of poetry by Thomas Hardy with the simple name The Darkling Thrush. The tangled vine stems scored the sky like strings of broken lyres. Essentially depicts a very bleak view of the arrival of the 20th century, a kind of pessimistic view. Uh, a, a good deal of anxiety about what the future might bring. His crypt, the cloudy canopy, the wind, his death lament. The darkling thrush is this bird that sings. The idea here is, is that the bird is innocent of the sense of catastrophe, that it, it really has no idea that the world is, is turning into such a bad direction, right? It is just, it's just singing its normal, natural, beautiful melody. So what we have here in the music is uh, a moment where the, the flute uh, is a solo instrument. There, there are radical changes uh, between piano and forte that, that give the music the expressive quality that it has.
for so many composers who are writing uh, concert music, very often they, they work very hard at a score and they have one performance. And after that performance, it's as if the, the work is over and, uh, and they have to move on to the next project. With these podcasts, uh, I, I see really a wonderful opportunity to give the music I've written a kind of uh, life. In working with uh, James Oliva and After the Darkling Thrush, we found a really wonderful match between the music and the drama. Louise! I'm home! Oh, Donald, thank goodness you're here! Dear, what is it? Neville, he was here looking for your brother's book. James's book? Uh, that I hope will have a continued way of, of using people. the music that I write uh, to help beautify his writing in the future. Shh! Oh, are we not safe? Where is it? Somewhere. That's about it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to How I Make Music. We've been listening to new music featured in the audio drama called What's the Frequency? What's the frequency? To hear the full story or to check out my other compositions, follow the links in the show notes. How I Make Music is created by John Bartman. For audio experiences that keep people listening, contact John Bartman via the show notes. And now, here's the full composition after The Darkling Thrush in its entirety. My name is Kurt Nelson, and thanks for listening to How I Make Music. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>